Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Starting Small Music Podcast. I'm your host, Justin McCormick, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have guitarist, songwriter, and producer, Jess Gromit. You're going to hear Jess's story of growing up in St. Louis and what first got him into music. You'll also hear about his time at Belmont, recording in the studio on Tyler Dial's Electric West album, and co-writing and producing Maddie Poppy's latest single, S.O.S. I'm in Love. I had a great time talking to Jess. I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and we'll see you at the end. Just keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. Try not to be bitter. You gotta do it either way. Keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. So when life throws a jab, you gotta duck out of the way. How you do today, Jess? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So, getting right into your story, you grew up in St. Louis. What was your childhood like? Yeah, it was it was good. Uh, I've got two very loving parents, very supportive parents. Um, growing up in St. Louis, I lived in the same house my whole life, um, and kind of as far as music goes, where I started there. Um, like a lot of kids that play music, I started in piano lessons. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, I think in in retrospect, it was probably a great outlet for maybe undiagnosed ADHD because I could just like lock in and practice and just play for hours on end. Um, and I just had so much fun with it. So that's kind of where it all started. Um, fast forward a little bit, high school, middle school, I was involved, uh, in marching band and jazz band playing woodwinds, uh, saxophone and bass clarinet and things like that. Um, but I think where it really started, uh, where I got the bug to kind of play music more professionally, um, get more into the songwriting side of things, producing, um, was in a band, uh, in high school, I was in a hip hop band with some friends of mine, um, called Roe became the gentleman shout out to Roe became the gentleman. Um, uh, just really great memories with those guys. It was uh, a couple of my best friends and just the process of like writing songs together, coming up with ideas, um, getting creative and, and then playing them out seeing the response uh, with our friends and with folks around St. Louis was really, really special. And, and I think that's when it really dawned on me that, that I might want to do something with this professionally. Um, so from there, I, uh, I was looking at schools, uh, colleges that I could attend where I might be able to learn a little bit about the music industry. And, and specifically, I wanted to study music. Um, so Belmont University ended up being a natural choice yeah. um, since it wasn't too far from, uh, from St. Louis and, they were sort of known for their commercial music program. So I uh, went ahead and applied there for the guitar program. Actually did make it when I auditioned, um, did make it in, which is funny. I, I just hadn't been playing really that long. And um, when I when I gave the instructor a call and was kind of like, what gives, dude? Like, I, I, I'm confused here. He was pretty straight with me. He said, well, it sounds like you haven't been playing very long. Like, you need to, you need to practice. Um, so <laughs> it was definitely like, the uh the tough love i needed to to get a little bit more serious about practicing on guitar um and i ended up re-auditioning making it in uh into the program and then uh graduating in 2016. now uh, was it guitar that you auditioned with because I, I know some people will just uh audition with whatever instrument they think they like are needing at the time did you audition with guitar mm -hmm. when you're trying to get in i did audition on guitar um and part of the i guess the reason behind that it was it was like the last instrument i learned actually yeah. Um, but it was just the one I was having the most fun with. And as I was kind of looking ahead at what my life might look like as a professional musician, um, and again, I, I didn't really know anything about what that would look like at the time, but trying to imagine it a little bit, uh, it, kind of weighing the idea of like 
being in a concert band or a symphony orchestra day after day just didn't appeal to me in the same way that that the kind of fun and enjoyment I was having writing songs and uh, playing shows with my band. So that was where guitar kind of I, I made the decision to play guitar uh, and study that in college. Yeah. So uh, growing up, who are some of the first bands or artists you remember listening to that made you feel a connection to music? Okay, I gotta think. Of, I, so I, I, my first concert will tell you a lot about that. Reliant K was my first concert. Um, I grew up uh, in the church, uh, so I, I was a little bit. I wasn't limited on what I could listen to, but I definitely was more drawn to like the Switchfoot, Reliant K sort of side of things. Um, still love Reliant K and 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 what they do with music. I, I think it's so cool. All the, the vocal harmonies and the layers and the stuff that they did um, kind of brought me into that, that pop punk side of things uh, when I was growing up. Um, apart from that, uh, my dad really got me into a lot of like progressive rock. So Rush and Yes, Boston, that kind of era. Um, so that was picking up the guitar. That was the stuff I learned at first was um, just some classic rock stuff. And then also, like I said, I, I joined a hip hop band, so I got a little bit of a crash course in hip hop history towards the end of high school. Um, so I listened to a lot of Kendrick Lamar, Kanye West, uh, Dr. Dre, uh, the whole the whole Compton, uh, N.W.A. that whole that whole thing. So um, really wide variety of influences, but it definitely started, you know, with a, a lot of a lot of folks my age in the pop punk thing, and then a little bit of hip hop and jazz along the way as well. Now you talk about when you're listening to music as a kid, you're already picking out harmonies and the layers of the music. Do you feel like you had a producer brain from a young age, kind of already dissecting the track? I guess so. I, I guess I hadn't really thought about that, but um, yeah, I mean, probably because I was just sort of obsessed with like learning all a bunch of different instruments, like clarinets and saxophones. And I wanted to learn guitar and drums and I was just kind of dabbling in everything. So I guess as I was learning those instruments and playing them, I, I learned a little bit more about all their different places within an ensemble. And so when I would listen to a Rush song, I would be like, okay, what's the bass doing? What's the guitar doing? What are the drums doing? Yeah. Um, and it it is interesting going back and listening to that stuff that I grew up enjoying with New Year's now and sort of hearing things in a new light than I did back then. But yeah, I guess I, I, guess I did little, listen to things with a little bit more of that like forest for the trees sort of perspective now take me through your time uh, in your hip-hop band in high school were you kind of like already uh, wanting to pursue it professionally at that time like did you already kind of like take it super seriously like more than the other guys or what was that like environment like i don't think we i, I don't think any of us had any illusions of it lasting more than i think we all kind of knew we were going to go to college and it wasn't going to happen anymore um, it was it was definitely more of a fun thing and i think the level of seriousness that we all took it at was was pretty similar and actually everyone that was in that band like not everyone's involved in music but everyone is is really thriving in their chosen fields and professions um we've we've got a, the drummer's a doctor now he's a neuro neurosurgeon i believe and um saxophone player he's he's got a great i think he's working at a great startup in in denver so everyone's kind of to that to that effect everyone was sort of mirroring our each other's level of motivation and i think at the end of the day it was mostly just a project with a bunch of friends that that we enjoy working on together. Now, were you already writing original material uh, for this band or were you guys mostly doing covers? It was a little mix. Um, we we I, I, I didn't know what a co-write was. I didn't know what that was, but we kind of did it inadvertently. Um, Robel, the rapper, would come in with an idea of a concept that he had and then 
uh, us guys in the band would kind of figure out a way to, okay, how could we tell this with the music? Is it more rhythmic? Is it vibey? Um, so that's kind of how that happened. But that was my first experience really um, writing songs in that way. I think I probably tinkered a bit on my piano, but in terms of like maybe more of what a professional songwriter might do, that was my first experience. For sure. Now it's cool. You're from St. Louis. Cause I'm a huge Cardinals fan. And uh, yeah. I even, uh, I, one time I was in town, there was even a concert going on like under the arch and uh, it was just such a cool atmosphere for a concert. Did you get to see any like cool shows like in Bush stadium or just when you were still living in St. Louis? Yeah. I mean, my, my, my favorite venue was a spot called the pageant. Uh, it's in the Del Mar loop. It's probably comparable to uh, if any, any listeners are in Nashville, like comparable size to like the Ryman um, or maybe marathon music works. Um, I saw a lot of shows there. I saw Arctic monkeys. I saw Humphreys McGee. I was really big into jam bands. Um, Yonder mountain string band. I saw Ryan K a couple times switch foot there. Um, and I, oh, I actually saw Ed Sheeran there. That was pretty wild. Oh, wow. I was like, right, it was like right after he put out that first record and wasn't the global success. So it was pretty cool to see him in a small room. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely was a huge fan of music of a lot of different styles and and loved going to concerts. So take me through your first couple months uh, once you get to Nashville. Uh, what were you doing? Like, were you just meeting with people kind of in your Belmont circle? Were you going out and meeting people at writer's nights? How are you networking? I wish I was that productive at networking at, at the first I was when I was at Belmont um, and I've, I've always really enjoyed school um, and, and just sort of the structure that it provides. I was kind of just keeping my head down uh, in my studies in the guitar program, um, whether it was the, the classical side of things or the more commercial side. I was just really focused on my classwork. Um, I was also involved in a fraternity at Belmont mm -hmm. and that um, was a really great experience in, in terms of leadership and um, making things happen with community service, uh, with, with a group of guys that were my best friends as well. So those first four years in Nashville that I was at Belmont, I definitely was focused on what was kind of what, what was right in front of me being getting my degree, working hard, practicing really hard, building up my skills as a guitar player, um, and staying really involved, uh, in the on-campus life. Um, so after I graduated, I, I guess I was a little bit more, concerned with just trying to get work, you know, trying to get a job, trying to, um, make music for a living if I could. Um, and as far as networking goes, I, I had a little bit about, of that built in, uh, through Belmont. Um, but other than that, it, it was just, it was very organic. It, it was a bit, like you said, like just kind of going out to shows, um, you know, with maybe a drummer buddy and he's got a friend there that I meet and then they recommend me a gig. And it's, it's sort of, uh, nebulous like that everyone just might know somebody else that you meet at a show or at a ride around and um just kind of build those connections and that network over over years really now is there anyone that was in your class at belmont that went on to do music professionally like yourself uh, either a writer artist anyone touring yeah so um uh devin dawson's a great example he was in my he was in my class at belmont a really amazing talented artist and songwriter um, and the guys in his band, uh, were, I, I was in theory class theory one with those, with Kip and Sam. And, um, yeah, so it was it, a couple of those guys. And I'm, I'm trying to think of who else was in my class, Cassie Ashton, another wow. great artist came out of my class. Um, I'm sure there's, there's many others that I'm forgetting and sorry guys, if I am, but, um, yeah, definitely some, some de very talented folks coming out of that class. So who is, uh, the first gig you pick up, uh, to go out on the road once you get out of college? First gig on the road I ever had, 
um, was a, a Belmont connection through one of my professors. Um, it was, it was super, it was very random and very unconventional for a gig, but, um, it was with two artists that had formerly gone to Belmont. Uh, I think Lena Regan was, was one of their names. And then Charlie Rogers was the other. Um, and they were both performing at this sort of like, not a festival, maybe a conference for, for independent developing artists down in Houston. Um, where they would during the day, uh, the two of them were like attending classes on or, or speeches, sort of TED Talk style things uh, on songwriting and and production. And and the three of us band guys that were hired to go with them just kind of hung out in downtown Houston and got to know each other and and then played the shows at night with them. So it ended up being a pretty cool experience for me because the two guys uh, that were on that gig, Chris Sancho, who's an excellent bass player, and uh, and Kyle May, who's a great drummer. Um, they were a bit older than me and I got to get a lot of really good advice from them, uh, as far as like what kind of rates I should be asking for, what kind of details I should ask for, um, when deciding whether or not to take a gig. So I look back on that experience really fondly. Now I saw online, you worked with Billy Currington for a bit. Take me through your time on that gig that has had to have been such a fun, uh, artist to work for. I feel like. Well, so I, I'll, I'll have to tell you about that in a couple of days because I, I haven't worked with him yet but i'm going out with him this weekend to fill in for a friend oh no um, way so That'll be super fun yeah so it's it's been uh, i what i can say is that him and his uh his team have been really welcoming as far as the onboarding getting me the materials i need to learn the set um I'm, I'm heading out on bus call tomorrow to play two shows with them so really looking forward to that it'll be very cool which songs uh in the set are you looking forward to the most and had the most fun learning for this gig um, I've always loved that, that song of his, it don't hurt like it used to. Um, and the guitar player that I'm filling in for, he kind of has more of a lead role in that song. So, um, one of those songs that I've, I've covered a lot of times with artists over the years on cover gigs. So kind of already knew it, but it was nice to be able to dig in a little bit deeper and learn the parts from the record. Um, and it'll be fun to get to play that solo live. So, um, looking forward to that and many of the others in the set list. Now, uh, you also worked on Tyler Dial's uh, recent album, uh, the Electric West album, and you got to record with David Ryan Harris and Aaron Sterling of John Mayer's band, uh, just two mega uh, musicians. Take me through your time getting to work with them. Dude, I mean, just I'm still in disbelief that happened. Um, I And I will I will say I wasn't um, in the room for either of Aaron or David's sessions. Those were it was kind of put together by Andy, Andy Skib, the producer on that record. Um, but even just to be on the same track, uh, with several tracks as, as Aaron and David, as, as a huge John Mayer fan myself was like, so cool. And I still can't believe I got to do that. Um, kind of how that shook out. Uh, I guess I met Tyler. Tyler's become a really good friend of mine. Um, he's a wonderful person, incredibly talented artist, um, lives just down the road. We're, we're hanging out, getting tacos pretty soon. So, um, but we met at a show, uh, he was opening for an artist I was playing for in Denver a couple of years ago and just kind of hit it off, got to know each other and um, started playing guitar for him over the years. And when it came time for him to make a record, he asked me to play on it. So um, that was sort of my first uh, really, I think of it as my first serious studio experience. Um, a lot of it was cut over at a studio here in Nashville called Gilded Palace. It's owned by a guy named Adam Box, who's an amazing drummer who played on a good bit of that record as well. He uh, tours with the brothers Osborne um, and it's his basement studio. So um, a lot of the sessions that, that I was on, I was in that room with Adam and also with a great keys player named Billy Justino, who was out with the brothers now tours with Eric church. Um, but again, like 
to be in that room with those guys, I was like, I couldn't believe I was there. I was so stoked. And it was just such a blast to, to cut those songs uh, with my friend, Tyler, um, with Andy, who's a producer that I really look up to. And with those musicians that are just badasses. For sure. Now, you also uh, recently produced and co-wrote SOS I'm in Love for Maddie Poppy. And it's really cool that you say that you love John Mayer, because when I was listening to it, I was thinking, like, this could be on the Sob Rock album. Like, I could hear John <laughs> singing this. Like, did you pull some inspiration uh, from Mayer when you were writing it? And take me through the day you wrote it with Maddie. Yeah, I'm sure I did. Like, it's, you know, I, many artists, songwriters, musicians would probably, and as I'm sure you know, it's like, your favorite artists are going to just come through whether you want them to or not. And definitely John Mayer is one of those artists that I've just been obsessed with since I watched the live in LA DVD a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so I'm not surprised you picked that up in there for sure. Um, the day I wrote that song, it was actually the day I, I met Maddie. Um, I had my good friend of mine, really excellent songwriter, Willie Morrison um, had let me know that he had been writing with Maddie a bit and just loved her voice, loved her artistry and thought we'd, we'd all be a good fit in the room together. So um, was it just the, it was the three of us and Corey, uh, Corey Wager, who is another um, awesome songwriter. It was the four of us that day. Um, and I think it was Maddie that came in. She didn't come in with the title necessarily, or actually, she, actually, I'm sorry. That's, that's a good edit there. She did come in with the title. Um, she's like, I want to call a song SOS, um, but I don't want to do it the Rihanna way. I kind of want to make it more like, I'm, I'm so in love with this person. I'm like, it's like an alert. I'm like, I'm freaking out a little bit. Um, and so we just kind of ran with it. I think I started playing those, those chords in that pulsing fashion. Um, and she was like, okay, let's, that's cool. Let's chase that. And it just kind of very organically developed, um, wrote the whole song that day, um, demoed it out and kind of everyone sat with it for a week. And Maddie reached out and was like, listen, I'd love for you to produce this if you want to. And of course I wanted to, because she's amazing. She's so easy to work with and an amazing vocalist. So um, we got the whole thing done in, in this room, wrote and recorded the song here. Um, and yeah, like you said, it just came out. So really proud of that one, proud of the team that made it happen. For sure. Now you talked about going out on the road with Billy this weekend. What else are you excited about that's uh, coming up soon for you? Yeah, so I'm I'm sort of uh, staring down a, a seasonal shift in my career that I'm pretty excited about. I, um, like I've said, I, I've spent a lot of my time uh, as a as a professional in music, touring, being a sideman, playing other people's music, and it's taught me a lot about the industry, and I've loved it. But kind of in the back of my head has always been the dream of being a songwriter and a producer, and I've always it's just been a little bit scary, admittedly, to to commit to that fully because. It means running my own business and not being able to uh, depend on another artist whose career is already popping off. So um, at the moment, I have a couple shows here and there over the fall, but definitely a lot less than I usually would take on because I am just jumping headfirst into production. Um, so I'm taking meetings with publishers in town, um, getting some good feedback, hopefully trying to get a publishing deal here soon um, and just really trying to dive headfirst into that world. So I'm excited about that. Awesome. So I like to close my interviews by asking, what's a piece of advice you've learned along your journey that you'd give to the aspiring musicians out there? Uh, I think I would say, I, I'm almost thinking of like, what could I tell myself, right? When I was 18, when I wanted, I had dreams of doing this. I think I would say you can do whatever you put your mind to truly, but the biggest part of the job of being a musician is managing your own burnout, essentially yeah. taking care of yourself. It's, 
Cause I, I don't think people get into this. If you're getting into it in the first place, you love music, right? Like you're going to, you're going to be practicing. You're going to be working hard. It's that's going to come easily to you. The part that the parts that come hard are the, you know, maintaining relationships with your family when you're on the road all the time, maintaining in my case, really great relationship with my wife or your, or your, if you have any kind of romantic relationship, making sure you're staying on top of that, um, taking care of your friends and taking care of yourself. Like those, those things are so important. And I think this is an industry that, that you can really let that stuff go as I have in different seasons um, without realizing it. So that would be the advice I would give is just take care of yourself and stay focused and, and driven and consistent uh, more than anything else. Because like I said, if, if you're getting into this, you already love it, you're talented for sure. So just make sure to stay consistent, keep an eye on that burnout and take care of yourself. Well, guys, there you have it. My conversation with Jess Gromit. Jess, thank you again so much for coming on the show. I had a great time talking with you. Everyone go follow him on Instagram at Jess Gromit too. And make sure to come back next week to hear my conversation with Spencer Bradley, basis for Roman Alexander. Check out Starting Small Music on YouTube to see all the video content from our interviews. And also, follow Starting Small Music on Instagram at Starting Small Music and let us know who you'd like to hear on the podcast next. <laughs>